Thrive in Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm great, Amanda. How are you? I am totally fine. I am really excited that you're here because as you and I were just like talking about what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today, we hit something that I think is really, really going to help me, which is helping our kids with homework struggles. And I will tell you right now for all you listeners, I was like, this is the most boring topic I have ever thought about because I find talking about homework so boring. But I also know that I'm going to be in deep battles with kids and hearing about deep battles in my practice. So I'm actually excited to talk about this topic with you. I love that you think that homework is a boring topic because <laughs> I'm a school teacher and I hate homework. <laughs> oh, it's like I think about it for myself as a kid, as a parent, when I think about like what our kids are going through as they doing it, there's, there's just so much frustration that can come out with homework. Yeah. And I guess it's really about like, what's the purpose of the homework? Is it meaningful to the kids or is it something that's just a repetitive kind of practice, like busy kind of work? If it's not meaningful to them, it's really hard to get them engaged and focused on doing homework, especially if they have an ADHD brain. Well, you're talking to the choir right here. And <laughs> the amount of conflict, I think... I think parents put so much pressure on themselves to get their kids to do their home homework. And then there's so much conflict between the parent and the kid that homework issues become relationship issues. And yes. that is absolutely, I just made that up, by the way. I just oh, said that, brilliant. but I think it's true. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. But it's <laughs> true because I've seen it so many times. And so I think if we can help listeners maybe come up with strategies for helping their kids with their homework, we're really going to be, you know, helping families with their relationships, which is the most important thing in the end. Yeah. So the relationship and connection, that's the most important thing. And if the homework is getting in the way of that connection and that relationship, then maybe for that day, you put the homework aside and you don't do it for that day. It doesn't always have to get done. Laura, you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> So I, you know what? It's a good idea. If, if homework is a battle in your family, get the teacher on board. Let's open up communication, especially if your child has a neurodiversity like ADHD, open up the communication with the teacher and, and let's set some reasonable expectations for homework. If it's simply busy work and it's stuff your kid already knows, why are you forcing them to do it? if it's not meaningful. And if 
kids, especially kids who have ADHD, they work so hard all day long. They are trying to keep it together to follow the rules and the expectations and do what the teacher says and navigate social situations at recess time and navigate all the sensory stimulus, the noise, the light, all the things. And then they come home and they're usually exhausted. We often see mm-hmm. meltdowns right after school. And and now they're, they want to connect with their family. They want to have time to regulate themselves, do things that they love. And now there's this expectation that they actually have homework to do. So that can be really tricky for the child and for the parents. So opening up that conversation with the teacher and deciding what is actually important for the child to do for homework and keeping in consideration also what their age is. So if they're, you know, in the first grade, they shouldn't be doing more than five to 10 minutes a night. And if they're in the fifth grade and my school board, the policy is five to 10 minutes per grade. So no more than 25 to 50 minutes in the fifth grade. Yeah. So I think your right is to talk to the teacher first and and open up that line of communication around what is reasonable. And also, because my inclination as a parent is to obviously go to my child first, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of get into it with the child first. And, and I think what you're saying is let's open up the lines of communication with the teacher and find the meaning and the purpose behind it. And mm-hmm. once we have them on board and we're talking about it, what else should we be doing with our kids to help ease these battles? Okay. So sometimes when when you say to a kid, okay, it's time to do your homework, that's like completely overwhelming to them. For one thing, they may not be ready to do their homework. Mm-hmm. So figuring out the timing and the scheduling of homework is really important too. So some parents like to get the homework done right after school because then you get it done and it's over with. But your child might not be ready right after school. They might might need to have a snack. They might need to relax. They might need to have some fun. Especially for kids with ADHD, if they, you know, maybe didn't eat enough at lunchtime, their sugar levels may be crashing. So giving them some protein to help balance those sugar levels. The other thing is if if they have ADHD, allowing them to do something fun that's going to boost up their dopamine or even some sort of exciting game like a game of tag or chase or um, the floor is lava, like all those kinds of fun games that get the adrenaline pumping. And the reason I'm saying this is because ADHD brains have an imbalance of dopamine and adrenaline. And those are really crucial in fueling the frontal lobe of the brain which is the part of the brain that's used for executive function skills like time management, planning, organization, all the all the skills that are required to do homework uh, requires that frontal lobe of the brain to have the dopamine and the adrenaline. And so if your child takes ADHD medication, for example, it may have worn out by the end of the day, or maybe they don't take medication at all. So finding ways to to increase that fun, that excitement will actually give their brain that that dose of those feel-good neurochemicals that will help them to be able to focus on homework. So keeping that into mind. Also opening up a conversation with your kids and asking them what when would they like to do homework? What letting them have that um 
responsibility of choosing the timing because they're so much more likely to engage and do the homework if they've picked the time. And it could be like, would you like to do homework after your snack? Or would you like to do homework after soccer practice or something like that? So they've, they've thought about it and they've put it in the schedule. That's really helpful. So all of this makes sense to me because, you know, I have kids that are in first, fourth, and seventh grade. So such really different experiences of homework in general, right? And their schedules are all very, very different. So my seventh grader has soccer practice from 6.30 to 8 at night. So for him, he's going to come home. He's coming home just drained, right? Because they've been at school all day. In his mind, he would like to relax until he gets up to go to soccer practice at 6.30. And then he wants to do homework after that. But then it's like getting a little too late to be able Mm -hmm. to do that. So I guess my question in, in there is with all these busy schedules and all of these moving parts, how do we really figure out what's going to work for our kids? Because I think for many families, our schedules dictate it more than what they need. I hate to say that, but I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is where like the the planning piece is really going to come into play. So Something that I find really, really helpful, and and if you know what the homework is in advance, this is helpful too. So on Sunday night, I open up a planner with each of my kids. We take time together. We look at their school um, agendas. So whether it's on Brightspace or Canvas or Google Classroom, whatever your, your teacher uses, and we look to see what all the assignments are, and we pencil in the due dates on the planner. And then we open up our, all our team snap, like all our sports schedules, all the different schedules. And we put that all in the planner. So kids with ADHD have a hard time seeing time. So just putting these on and, and they're not necessarily the ones who are writing. It's often me that's doing the writing because the purpose is to help them see time. So now they can see their week and they can see when assignments are due and when they have all their various activities. And then we can look and kind of block in time for when it would make sense to do homework. So maybe you're not doing homework every night because maybe you have an assignment that's due on Thursday. So maybe you don't need to do homework Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so you can kind of block in the time that way. Um, and again, this is something to talk talk to the teachers about because if you have a child who has ADHD, they're exhausted from their school day and they play soccer and soccer is where they get their self-confidence. It's it, That's their strength. That's their passion to me, that soccer might be way more important than the actual homework, doing the homework. So like I personally prioritize that over the homework. And I don't know if that's the right thing to say or not, but for me, like my kids, that's where they get their their self-confidence from the things that they are passionate about. They go to school all day long and they already know all the things that they're struggling with at school and school's a big struggle. So to bring that schoolwork home into the evening for more struggling, like it's it's difficult. Um, now you mentioned your son is in soccer from six thirty till eight. Right after soccer practice, if he's not too tired, that could be a really good time for homework because he's just had right. like the yep. endorphins, the the adrenaline from soccer, the dopamine, the serotonin, all of that stuff is pumping. That's that's getting his frontal lobe like totally turned on and ready for homework, and. And maybe it's not a big chunk of time. Maybe it's it's just 20 minutes. 
So you Mm -hmm. get home and you've got 20 minutes of focus time and then it's done. And that's the other thing too, like blocking an amount of time so the kids know I'm doing homework from this time till this time and then I'm done. And keeping a a shorter amount of time so they can have a break too. So if if there was a big assignment that would take an hour, maybe they work for 20 minutes and then they get a five, 10 minute break where they're doing something they love something that's going to give them that hit of dopamine, and then they come back and and work again. So one thing I loved that you're talking about is being really intentional about time with your kids. And I talk about this for myself because as an adult, it's very easy for me to just respond to the social media posts or the emails or the texts that I'm getting or the news. Like I can really get into this responsive, and I think as a woman too, right? I really respond a lot. And so in order for me to be the person I want to be, I put time into my calendar and into my schedule to make sure that I'm intentionally being proactive about who I want to be. And I think we need to be teaching our children that same skill at a at an earlier age than me at 42, starting to talk about this and really being proactive about it. And I think what happens when we send our kids to school is we very frequently think, well, whatever worked last year is going to work this year. We don't need to kind of recreate the system because he did fine last year, but every year the demands get higher. And so at some point really sitting down and having this meeting is going to be very, very helpful in helping them be the people they want to be and sitting down and being intentional about how they want to spend their time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Sunday night planning or Sunday, or to me, it's a Sunday because then we plan the school week ahead. It's really valuable. And it, it gives them that sense of responsibility and ownership like you were talking about. Um, it helps them to see time. It helps them manage their time. And what's interesting, both my kids have ADHD and they might have an assignment that's due Friday. And I'll say, well, when are you going to do it? We'll do it on Thursday night. Well, let's actually look at your timing. Thursday, you have football and soccer after school. I don't like where where would you where would you do the homework and where show me on the schedule where? Oh right here. And and so like it's a conversation. It helps them understand, well that's the time when we're eating dinner between football and soccer. Where else might you do the homework? Oh, after soccer. Well you get home from soccer at 10 o'clock at night. We have a whole week to do this assignment. Do you want to leave it to 10 o'clock the night before it's due? So it's just it it opens up a conversation with your kids and helps them to understand how to plan and manage their time. How do you, how do your kids feel about this meeting? You know, do they look forward to it? Are they like, Oh, that meeting again? You know, how does that go when you, when you do that? They're actually pretty open. They're pretty open to it because they, they understand (laughs) that I'm there to, to help and guide them. Mm -hmm. They know that they have to get their homework done. They know that they have things to get done and this is helping them to get those things done. Well, and I actually think so many parents are looking for ADHD coaches, right? Which I know you are an ADHD coach. And, and this is what an ADHD coach does is they sit down with the, the, the kid and they help them figure out what does their time look like? What does their schedule look like? And, and parents can do that as long mm-hmm. if, if we start building it in, I think at an early enough stage that they don't have the resistance to it. I think my first grader would love to do a meeting about his important time and his important things that he wants to get done, right? Like he would love that. 
Oh, and you know what you could schedule in too is you could schedule in your special time together. Which I would be sure could. Super important. Yeah. Because because to me, the way we spend our time is a reflection of our values and who we want to be, right? And and we need to be thinking about that constantly in this like attention grabbing world. And we need to be proactively teaching our kids that. So we should do it with them. Absolutely. And, and that time that you're spending planning together, like that's, that's a connection time. That's a time to, to talk and, and, and connect with each other. So Laura, I'm going to ask you a very vulnerable question. It's not that vulnerable, which is I've had this idea 10 times. I mean, I went into this school year, like we're going to do, I'm going to do a weekly meeting with each of my kids. I'm going to get this done. Right. And I haven't, because I have ADHD too, right? So I haven't actually created it and done it and followed through. So what are strategies for us parents when we want to do this stuff, but it actually feels hard to get done? What Can you help me with that? First of all, tell yourself I can do hard things. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Right? Because because if, if you have the thought, I want to do it, but it's hard and I don't know how to do it, I don't know how to get started, that just cycles around in your brain. So mm-hmm. I can do hard things. This is important to me. And you're going to schedule it into your own schedule. The same, Like at this time on Sunday, this is when I'm going to do it. Um, and if you can make it fun for yourself, like buy, buy planners that you enjoy. I love um, Leslie Jozel's Order Out of Chaos. Her her planners are fantastic. Um, I can share a link with you. Great. Love it. That. Um, I also have like the big mom calendar that, that helps me to, you know, stay organized and I can, everybody's color coded and I can see all the things. Um, finding the time is, is your question like, how do you find the time to actually do it or how do you just do it? No, I think it's, I, I think it's almost like, I'm really good at having ideas. I'm I'm much like a, a kid, right? I'm really good at having ideas. I have a lot of great ideas and then actually implementing them feels hard. But I love this idea of kind of setting an hour aside and and the first time we're going to be ordering planners together. You know, and it's going to be and and my husband will be on board with this too because my husband and I both have matching planners. So <laughs> we're just going to get three more for the kids. But I think kind of saying you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. We're going to order the planners together. And then we're going to next week, we're going to do the same kind of meeting. Only we're going to put stuff in the planners like that. I think now that I've talked it out, I know what to do. It's not just this, you know, thing in the air in my head. Yeah, like all the other and you things. know what? Make it fun. Like it, like I love fun, colorful pens and like bring snacks to your meeting. Snacks always makes it fun. And like, maybe they get to play their favorite music while, while you're having the meeting, like do whatever, whatever it takes to make it fun and enjoyable. And you know what? Give your, like celebrate that you're doing it. Celebrate when you've completed your tasks. Like you can celebrate with a high five or a happy dance or whatever it is in your family that you'd like to do to celebrate. And what that does is it gives your brain a hit of all these feel-good neurochemicals. Uh You're getting the dopamine to encourage you to do it again. Your brain's going to enjoy that celebration, which will encourage you to do that meeting again next week. Well, I almost feel like, you know, when you take your kid to the pediatrician and you see them through the eyes of another adult, because they're just talking to an adult, right? And you're trying not to interrupt and they're asking the kid all these like important eight developmentally appropriate questions. I feel like 
I would be giving myself that time with my child. Does that make sense? Kind of like sit down and tell me what's really important right now. And right. Like really helping them represent themselves too and who they want to be. It sounds really beautiful. And that, that's what I mean. Like this is connection time. And so you're, you're listening deeply to, to what's important to them. They're feeling listened to, they're feeling valued. And what that does, that that impacts them on a cellular level because when a child feels like they're understood, like they're valued, like they're listened to, oxytocin is released into their bloodstream. And what oxytocin does, you know this, oxytocin helps a child to feel connected and safe. It calms their nervous system. It blocks the stress chemical cortisol. And this is especially valuable for kids with ADHD because they are often in this state of fight, flight, or freeze. They're often emotionally dysregulated. So the more connection time we can give them, the more of these deep listening moments where we're valuing them and getting that oxytocin flowing, we are just, we're helping them so much by doing this. And also we're getting the benefit of the oxytocin as well. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful way to bond. Like you're listening deeply, you're valuing what they have to say. And then once a child is feeling that deep connection, they're feeling regulated, they're able to access those executive function skills easier. They're able to empathize with other people. They're able, like, it just, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's really simple just by sitting and listening. So I almost think, so now that we understand the planning time for homework and really sitting down and planning the time, it sounds to me like we probably want to get those same chemicals going if we can when our kids are doing their homework instead mm. of this power struggle that yes. I can imagine I will probably, I'm going to try not to be in um, come October. So mm-hmm. what can we do while our kids are doing our homework to help them through that? Okay. So for for kids with ADHD, if you tell them like go do your homework or it's time to do your homework, this is the time you chose to do your homework, um, just for one thing, just because they chose the time when that time actually comes doesn't mean they're going to be like right. willing to do it, especially if they're transitioning from something they love like video games or watching their favorite show or building with Lego, if they have to transition from that to a non-preferred activity like homework. So Letting them know with transition warnings, okay, it's 5.30 at 5.45, it's homework time, you have 40, or you have 15 minutes left. So giving them transition warnings, you can use um, like a timer so they can see the time or you can make it more meaningful to them like when you have completed this level of the video game that's when it's time for you to stop and transition to homework. So mm-hmm. easing the transitions can be helpful. Um, Another thing is breaking breaking the task of homework into smaller pieces. So one of the pieces is that's hard with ADHD is just getting started. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they can do as soon as they come home from school. Maybe they hang up their backpack and they take out their homework and all the pieces that they need for homework and they put that wherever the homework spot is, whether it's a table or a desk or the couch, like wherever they're planning to do their homework. So that's step one already done. And that's an easy one. They've taken the homework out and they've placed it in the place. So when it's time to start the homework, they're already ready to go. They've got their materials there and they're ready. 
And then if if you can look at like sit with them and and break the homework into s- smaller pieces in any way. So let's say they have 10 questions to do for math. Well, 10 questions in math might seem like a lot. It might seem overwhelming. So how can you break that down? Well, maybe you do you let your child know they're going to do three questions and after three questions they get to have a break and then three more questions and then a break or however you want to do it. Or maybe it's setting a timer. We're going to set the timer for 10 minutes. You're going to work for 10 minutes. And when the timer goes off, you have a five minute break. So breaking it into smaller pieces, something that I like to do with, with my oldest son, who's very active, very athletic, he loves boxing. So the Mm -hmm. first thing that we do as like the first step of homework after he's taken his homework stuff out, we put on the boxing gloves and we actually spar together before starting the homework. And that's like, and I say to him, this is the most important step of homework. Come on, get the boxing gloves on. Let's box. And so he's having fun. He's getting his adrenaline out, like increasing Mm -hmm. that adrenaline, dopamine because it's fun. So now what we've done is, and movement, ADHD brains need Mm -hmm. movement. We've, it's just like I've given him medicine for his brain that we're fueling that frontal lobe, getting him ready for learning. So it's not just like I'm ripping him away from his video games and plunking him into homework time. There's a fun transition that's the beginning of homework. And he knows at the beginning of homework and studying, we're going to do some boxing. And the other thing is being close to your kids during that homework time. So if they have questions, you know they're there. Maybe you're sitting beside them or maybe you're just in close proximity so that they know they can reach out for help when they need it. Well, and I can imagine some parents listening to this, especially with older kids, they're saying, I don't want to be a helicopter parent. Like, I don't want to be all up in my kids. They should know how to do it. They should figure it out on their own. And my response to that is, if we want them to figure it out on their own and be able to do it independently when they're older, they have to figure out what works now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like an eighth grader is going to be like, and I'm going to introduce boxing at the beginning Mm -hmm. of homework time. They don't have that idea. And if we have that idea, we can help teach them the importance of boxing at the beginning of homework time so that they can take that to college, can take that into their adult life. So we're not helicoptering if we are teaching them skills that are going to help them, we're actually teaching. Yeah. I I think that's a really important point. We want our kids to be independent. We want them to to have all these skills, but it takes time to learn the skills Mm -hmm. and, and they need support while they're learning. And if they have ADHD, they're already, um, behind by about 30% in their social, emotional, um, executive functioning skills. So you might have a 10-year-old who's actually functioning more like a a seven-year-old peer. So kind of keeping that in mind. And the other thing to keep in mind too, is it takes a long time for a brain to fully develop. It -hmm. takes over 25 years. So we have these expectations on our kids, but their brains haven't matured yet. Their brains are under construction. So they're looking to us for guidance to to help them with those executive function skills. And kids with ADHD, they are lagging executive function skills. So we can't just expect them to be independent and do the thing. Even if we've told them how to do the thing, or even if we've practiced a few times, they're going to need more repetition and practice. And once they've mastered, you know, maybe taking their homework out independently or exercising before they start independently or like once they've mastered those skills, then we pull back the support, but we can't 
pull back the support right away until they've they've got a good handle on those skills. Mm-hmm. And I think too, really recognizing that our kids are going to be variable in where they're showing their maturity and where they're showing their immaturity. So you might have a kid who can get their entire soccer backpack packed because they love soccer and they are going to get, they've learned the importance of getting all of those things already, but they might not have transitioned those skills to doing it for school. And so you can scaffold helping them get it together for school and then pull back. So it's not like just because they can do it in one thing, they can do it across the board. Our kids and and the same thing goes for every single day, right? They might be able to do it on a Monday, but not a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, that's why like there's more drinking on the weekends. Like I hate to say that, but we all do that. You know, stuff is harder at the end of the week and that's just life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it depends what kind of day they've had at school and how mm-hmm. regulated they're feeling on the inside. And, you know, anything can throw them off at the school during the school day. You know, somebody gives them a dirty look or doesn't invite them to a party or that can completely throw things off and impact how well they're able to, to implement their strategies. I love this. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about when we're thinking about helping kids with their homework when you're in a homework battle. Is there anything else we should address? Um, let them choose, like, like give them choice and choice in like seating and movement. And so just because we might have learned traditionally, you know, it's important to sit at your desk to do your homework. Well, maybe they would like to sit on an exercise ball or maybe they want to sprawl out on the floor or maybe they want to do their homework in a laundry basket where they're all like nice and squished up and cuddled and they have a weighted magic bag or blanket on their lap. So you know your child they know themselves, work with work with them with where they're at and what works for them. I also think don't do it in your bedroom if you can avoid it. It might be the quietest place, but it makes falling asleep harder if we're doing work in our bedroom. So if there is space, doing it in a separate in a separate space to promote sleep. I had another thought. I like this idea of giving yourself a little bit of a celebration when it's done and even just building in some sort of starting routine and some sort of ending routine, right? So you said you have a starting routine of of boxing with your son. Mm -hmm. That can look so many different ways. It could be 10 push-ups. It could be four hugs. It could be, you know, getting a big cup of water with ice. Whatever that routine is that sort of says to your kid's brain, now it's time to start my homework. Because routine is all about kind of the cues that we put around us. So that glass of water could be the cue. Now it's time. I'm putting my brain in focus mode. And I think kind of some sort of celebratory routine at the end is also really nice because Homework is a hard thing and we should celebrate when we get it done, right? I would love it if everyone celebrated when I sent an email. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Your brain doesn't know the difference whether you're celebrating something small or something big. So you can even celebrate that they, you know, accomplished the first question or that they put their homework on the table, like celebrate all along, but your brain loves celebration. And, you know, maybe it's a high five, a happy dance, like whatever it is, raise the roof, like just have fun with it. And if we can incorporate that fun feeling with the homework too, that's just going to encourage more homework. I totally 
totally agree with you. Because right now, just to be honest, so kids have only been in school for three days when we're recording this. And mm-hmm. my kids are just like, oh, the work. You know, they're just like, oh, dragging because summer was so fun. And now they're feeling the work. But learning can be fun as long as we're doing it with them. Learning alone is not necessarily fun, but learning and like celebrating with your mom, even for some older kids, can be fun. So let's like bring it back. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where too, it goes back to that communication with the teacher because if if this homework is painfully boring or painfully hard, I mean maybe your child does not need to do 25 math questions. Maybe it's just one from each section instead of making it painfully long. And and if it's taking them three hours to do the homework, then you're defeating the purpose of the homework. Like that's just torture. <laughs> and you said this earlier, and I'm going to second it because I you said, I would rather my son go to soccer practice than do their homework. And I'm sure there are people out there that were like, I'll listen to a lot that Laura is saying, but I won't listen to that. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that resonates with me as well for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know that having things besides school that make people feel good are teaching a lot about self-esteem, teaching a lot about regulation, teaching a lot about achievement, teaching a lot about kindness and empathy. And and so I don't think it's crazy that you said that. I think it's really, really reasonable. And us Americans are going crazy with the homework. And so I think it's good to push back on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, our school system is has been the same for a very long time. So maybe... Maybe we need to shift things around and maybe, who knows, maybe our kids with ADHD who are resisting the homework, maybe they're helping shift the whole, you know, teaching paradigm. I would love that. Well, Laura, (laughs) this is amazing. Thank you so much. Like I have learned a ton, even though I didn't really want to talk about it, but now I've got all these ideas. Once again, I'm going to implement them. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about all the things you've just offered me. Okay. So I have a website, www.theadhdvillage.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a little um, gift for you. It's called how to have the secrets to a successful start to the school day. So you can just enter in your name and your email address that will go straight to your, your email inbox. And there's all sorts of tips and strategies so that you can set your child up for a great school day. Also, I would invite you to join my private Facebook group, which is called the ADHD village. And there's lots of support inside that Facebook group. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be using those resources for sure. And yeah, I just feel thankful that you were here to help me. Aw, thanks so much, Amanda. And thank you, parents, for listening. Oh, absolutely. We hope it was helpful, y'all. Have a great day. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, go ahead and subscribe and share. And more importantly, if you think you or someone you love would benefit from collaborative therapy, psychological assessment, or psychiatry services, you can find out more about our practice at Active and Connected Family Therapy, www.activeconnected.com. Again, that's www.activeconnected.com. Thanks so much for listening.